During the last two broadcasts, I presented for you a little vignette, just a little short slice of a conversation between a husband and wife, telling you something about life's problems. Here are two men in today's vignette speaking. One is seeking the other's help. Suppose you were the one who was giving the help and hearing the story. Could you help and how? Here it goes, listen carefully. Joe, I don't know where to turn. I've just gotta have help. Will you listen to me? Sure, Tom. We've been friends for years. And you know that as your brother in Christ, I'll do whatever I can to help. Well, Tom, I, uh, um, I, uh, uh, well, it's hard to say. I, I, well, I might as well just say it. Betty hasn't slept with me for over six months. Your wife has refused to have sexual relations with you? Yes. Well, what happened to bring this about? Doesn't she know about 1 Corinthians 7 that says clearly and plainly that this should not occur, that neither should withhold their bodies from the other and that they should fulfill their relationships and even if they do part for a little while, they should come back together again? Of course she knows. I've told her about it a thousand times. But she says she can. She says that relations with me would be insincere since she no longer loves me. That sex in these circumstances would be meaningless and that it would be ugly. But meaningless or not, I can't hold out any longer. I'm either going to rape her or I'll find somebody else if I don't get help. Now there's a pretty serious situation, isn't it? There's a situation that more than one person has to face in life. Of course, you know, there are two sides to every question, and we're only hearing one side at this point. Actually, the one man who's getting help, Tom, shouldn't be talking about his wife behind her back to another party this way. And actually, Joe, who's giving help, should have stopped him before he went any further and said to him, now, wait a minute, Tom. If you're beginning to talk about your wife in lots of detail here, I'll take a brief sketch, but if you're talking about a lot of detail, she ought to be here and we ought to all be talking together about this problem so that we can get her side of this story too and you're not talking negatively about her behind her back. So the most important thing you could do if, a, if somebody ever raised this sort of question or any sort of question with you about another party is to say, now wait a minute, I'd like to sit down and talk to both of you together about this question. Now, there are a lot of questions here. This has happened for over six months. Things have gone along this way for six months. And once you've got the two of them together, or even if you're talking to one of them right now at this point, the first and most important question to ask is, what happened six months ago? What took place back there six months ago that may have led to some kind of a, a rift between this husband and wife? And that's a very important question. To look for the time when something began is a very good way to begin in helping another person to deal with his difficulty. Sometimes things are just a matter of gradual deterioration, but other situations such as this where an exact period can be pinpointed 
usually go back to something that took place, something that happened. Now, you see, there are many wrong ideas on the part of both of these individuals. First of all, Tom, who is uh, having this problem, uh, he, uh, well, he, he just tried to do things the wrong way. For example, he's told her a, a thousand times, he says, about this passage in 1 Corinthians 7. But has he asked her even once what it is that he could do to deal with the problems and what the real problems are? Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. She, on the other hand, says she can't and that it would be ugly and insincere to have sex if she doesn't love him. But of course, you see, love is not feeling first, and she has a wrong view of what love is. Love is a matter of giving of oneself to another, not getting. And here, if she gives, her feelings will turn around. But she is uh, developing the wrong feelings, and they are deepening and becoming more and more a part of her because she is refusing to have sexual relations with him over the period of time. On the other hand, her husband is saying, I can't hold out any longer. Well, when he says, I can't hold out any longer, he's exactly wrong, though it might be difficult. And though 1 Corinthians 7 acknowledges that this puts a very severe temptation into his way, and Satan might use that temptation to hang all kinds of, of uh, uh, various possibilities in front of his face, down at work or various other places where he might be tempted to find sexual satisfaction outside of his marriage, Nevertheless, if he never has sexual relations with his wife the rest of his life because of her refusal, he still could go on chaste and pure and could handle that situation by the grace of God. And so he can't go around saying, I can't. He shouldn't go around saying, uh, she made me do it. If he sins against her and sins against God, that's his responsibility no matter how wrong she may have been in hers. So the second thing is not only to find out when what happened back there six months ago, but to point out to both parties what their individual responsibilities are. Each one is doubtless blaming his own sin or his possible sin on the other. Both need to come to the place where they see that regardless of how much the other one sins against him or her, that he or she still is responsible to respond to that sin in a biblical and Christian way. Jesus Christ did not do the wrong thing on the cross simply because others were doing the wrong thing to him. He did the right thing to those who were doing the wrong thing to him. Now there are many things that need to be done. The correct view of love needs to be dealt with here, where the husband has been going wrong, what he needs to do to deal with the problem, or whether the problem is largely hers. But surely the very basis of the problem needs to be dealt with. And in this matter of sexual relations, one of the critical things that needs to be taught is that each party does not have to work on turning him or herself on. This woman has the wrong idea that she must be the one who is turned on in sex, that she has to feel right in sex, that she has to be the one who has to somehow or other enjoy this in order to make it right. That's not her job. According to 1 Corinthians 7, the husband has the authority over her body and she has the authority over his. Her only task in sex is to please her husband. And even if she isn't pleased herself, she can do her best to please him. 
It's her husband's job to please her in sex. And so it's his job to find out what it is that makes her happy and what it is that makes her uh, respond properly. So she is saying, I must work myself up into some kind of sincere feeling in sexual relations. Not at all. Her husband's job is to bring her to sexual satisfaction. Her job is to be sincere and earnest about bringing uh, satisfaction to her husband, and that she can do whether she's happy about herself or not. And so if she really wants to love him, she will give of herself to him and seek to bring pleasure to him. And in so doing, she may find that the greatest pleasure comes back to herself. Lord, we pray that you will help us to realize this about marriages and to face them properly for Christ's sake. Amen.